You're listening to DB Diary thanks to Lakers Dragon Boat Club, the home of dragon boat paddling in Brisbane's Forest Lake. Hello to all of you out there. You're listening to the podcast for all things dragon boating with me, Aidan Taylor. Now, chances are, if you're tuning in from Australia right now, you're dealing with putrid humidity. The past couple of weeks have been shocking in Brisbane, but if you're in the Northern Hemisphere right now, you're dealing with the extreme opposite, with sub-zero temperatures, and it's got me thinking... How do teams keep paddle fit during extreme winter? There's been one great photo from the Fairway Gorge Paddling Club making the rounds on social media of them bailing snow out of the boat before training. So I want to hear from you. How does your team cope in the winter months? Maybe you have a special post-training ritual to warm everyone up. Maybe you take your program indoors to a dedicated dragon boat gym, as my guest for today will delve into. Or maybe you do a completely different sport to stay paddle fit. Let me know in the comments below or message me with a photo of your team and I'll put the best ones up on our social media channels with a link to your club. Now, the idea of a dedicated dragon boat gym, quite frankly, amazes me. But according to my next guest, this is a hardly surprising sight overseas. Her name is Luna. She's a kick-ass paddler and one of the most well-traveled ones I know. And she's currently in Toronto visiting family and mixing it up with the Water Vipers Dragon Boat Club, who have a state-of-the-art indoor training facility. Luna, hello to you. um, Thanks for the compliment. (laughs) And so tell me about where you are now and uh, what got you there. Um, I've recently traveled to Toronto, and the reason is because I've got family here, but I managed to get in touch with some of the paddlers here because of my experience in the Hong Kong International Dragon Boat Festival, which was held last year around June, but unfortunately cancelled due to some instability of the political situation. But I met a bunch of Toronto paddlers. Um, They were from a team called uh, Water Vipers. And this is a bunch of paddlers who are very competitive but very social at the same time so I had the privilege to train with them. And just paint me a picture of what it's like to train with them because I saw a picture of that gym that you posted on Facebook and that looks world class like it looks like a fully stocked CrossFit gym. Yeah so I went to a gym called Afterburn it's located in Toronto and it's sponsors a couple of dragon boat teams in Toronto. So just to paint the picture, uh, dragon boat in Toronto is quite uh, well-known. It's a very popular sport here, and it attracts uh, a lot of young people and also uh, some seniors as well. So uh, like Water Vipers is a Prem's team, and so they train regularly um, during winter months. Uh, They train... With, uh, within the gym, so indoor, they have a, a pool that allows you to sit in. It's essentially a box where you can sit mm. in a rows of 10 and then you paddle and the water will circulate around you. So you have two rows of 10. Um, and on the gym side, so this is a, a Dragon Boat dedicated gym. So there's your normal gym where there's you know, weights and all the dumbbells yeah. and kettlebells, but there's also a room dedicated to, they call it perg, which is what we call by a paddle erg. Um, and they do, um, they have they have multiple machines where people can just paddle together and they set the drag, which is the resistance, and oh, they wow. try and, and keep their pace at the same time. So they use a lot of different terms, um, which uh, in Australia that we don't normally use, um, but essentially it's the same thing. 
Um, but it's very interesting how they um, are restricted by the winter months. So they change all their training into an infill facility. Yeah, and that's, that's an interesting point that I'm glad you brought up because with France coming up, I've always wondered how these teams adapt um, and adapt their training programs so that they can be prepared. Are the teams that are currently at that gym, are they going to France? Uh, yes, there are a couple of teams that are uh, qualified for France. Um, in fact, it's quite different. So in, in Toronto, they have clubs and teams, which is different. Um, so club is essentially a place where you join a club. So multiple teams join one club okay. and yeah. then that club will share facilities. And wow. so uh, like uh, Water Vipers is one of a team that joins a club. So um, this club essentially compete against themselves until one team wins and then they qualify. And there's multiple clubs within Canada. Wow. So these clubs, how big are they? Like how many members are in each one? Um, so as far as I'm aware, so let's say Water Vipers has 30 to about 40 team members. And so um, each each team join a club. So as far as I'm aware, one club can have up to probably, I'm throwing numbers out there, so maybe about 30 uh teams can join one club but um they can swap clubs so essentially let's say um if one if one team doesn't like a club they can join a different club but that club will be allocated in a different uh location so they'll train in a different location okay so the clubs are like the umbrella family that each of these teams sort of reside under yeah so um like i would say it's similar to you share docklands in melbourne for example um but docklands melbourne will call themselves a club and right. under the club, there's, you know, the, the, the Melbourne Flames, the YRDs, um, CYFM. So those are the teams. So that's why in Australia, we only, we interchange club and teams. But in Canada, club and teams are different. Right. And then from those, from the performances that each of the teams put out, they'll then choose like a best of team that will then go to something like a world championships. Is that right? Yeah. So in the club, they have uh, four regattas only uh, a season. Wow. And so they have to win it. And then so... Yeah, so amongst the clubs, there's already a huge pool of people they have to fight against. Um, and obviously, each club will, will have one qualifier, one team that qualifies for each category. So it's much more competitive than what we see here in the Prems units in, in Australia then? Yeah, so in Australia, each team gets a chance to, to compete against all the other teams in Australia. However, in Toronto, um, if you can't even beat the teams within your club, you won't even get a chance to beat the other teams in other clubs, essentially. Wow. And tell me about that moment you first set foot in the gym. It was like a paddler's paradise almost. Uh, what were you thinking? Yeah, it definitely is. So you see um, that it's such a common sport. So when you walk in, the, the atmosphere is very different. Everyone, obviously, they have the big jackets, but as soon as they unload, you just wear singlets within the gym and then they start for example, water fibers have uh, an on-water coach. Um, so they have they, they have a pool coach and they have a gym coach. And so the strength and conditioning gym coach will, will start off with a warm-up exercise and then they'll uh, have a gym program that they do together. And then they transition afterwards into the pool training where the other coach will take over and they'll have different drills um, focusing on different components of paddling. And they all use wooden paddles to train. So these wooden paddles okay. are trimmed so it's thinner, there's less resistance, but yep. because it's a pool setting, that's why they have to adapt those paddles to the pool setting as well. Yeah, I've seen 
some similar innovations with with those paddles. I think I was looking at one on Instagram a few weeks ago, and it was a plastic paddle, but they actually cut holes into the the, the blade itself so that it created different levels of resistance yeah. that they could train with, which I found was um, was quite. Um, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, yeah, I I find they obviously because of the weather restrictions um while it's uh really cold outside they will really also um try to use their erg instead so they call it the perg um on the perg they 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 have an aim of uh, a particular pace they have to go at and um particularly what they do is um let's say for canadian um representatives for dragon boating um you you you're you're meant to do the erg um in two minutes and then so they time trial you and see how far you can go. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see palace here have such a high caliber. So if you if you if you um, don't meet those benchmarks, you can't even be in the team. So you realize all the teams, for example, even water vices that I joined um, for that session, people don't just join. They have to trial to get into the team. So that's how competitive it is in Toronto. It's a little bit um, surprising that in Australia we can't get to that same level of competitiveness since you know we have arguably the best conditions for paddling all year round. Uh, based on all of your experiences, what do you think needs to happen in Australia to lift the level even further? Yeah, so I, I do I do acknowledge what you say about we have all year round to paddle, so we don't have as much weather restrictions. Yeah. Um, but like for example, Canada, um, because we have the advantage of being able to paddle all year round um, which also adds to the restriction of being able to become a mainstream sport because a lot of other sport we can compete with there's surfing out there there's netball there's racquetball there's so many outdoor sports because we have such a warm climate so yeah as opposed to for Toronto um, how they do it is they start off um, um, with with targeting uni students uh, when they're already um, studying so um, they, they start off with a university team and then from then they transition um, into the Prems team. So they, they kick off earlier. So um, And it's something uh, very well um, um, accepted within the community. So I went to a normal gym, like a good life here, and I, just, I was just rowing. And then um, someone just walked past and said, hey, are you a dragon boat paddler? And I was a little bit amazed that, they would comment that and they say, yeah, generally we just have a lot of people who do dragon boat in general. Um, so yesterday I went to a sports bar for, for dinner. Um, mm. Normally in Australia, when you go to a sports bar, bra, bar goodness, <laughs> um, you will see a footy jersey um, stuck up on the wall and, 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 you know, like they'll be playing footy. But when I went to a sports bar yesterday night for dinner, um, they had dragon boat paddles on the wall and, wow. and it's, they had pictures of yeah so and then they were playing ice hockey on on the tv so it's dragon boat is a mainstream sport here so it's it's something that people from a young age already know about it so that's why it's been so successful and it's gained so much momentum um and i think this is something definitely we can learn from we we need to um promote it well and start it off early so then people know what it is about Exactly. I think you're you're 100% right because the only way I found out about the sport was through dad and, and for years he tried to get me into it and I used to think that there was this you know stigma associated with it that I bought into um, that it was an old person sport yet you know he's hanging it over yeah. my head now because I'm, I'm completely hooked and if only we can get kids into it earlier and just get them to, to taste it then I think we have every chance of you know building the numbers for juniors and prems which we so desperately need right now. Yeah 
Um, one interesting thing that I I realize um, it, it's quite it's a common theme amongst all paddlers. Um, personally, I love dragon boats so much, not just for the sport but for the people. Exactly. It's the people that bring me into it, yes. and it's the same. I was talking to a coach um, from Water Vipers, and they say it's the people that attract him back into the sport year after year, even if he had to stop for a little bit to pursue other commitments when he came back it was the people that brought him back in so dragon boat is such a unique sport it's not just for the fitness or the dragon boating itself but it's the people that bring you in and you gravitate towards i see and what next for you luna when are you heading back to australia when am i heading back to australia yeah (laughs) um i i hope that this trip will last forever but it will never um, uh, it will never be that way. So I do hope that I can uh, head back in February and uh, back to reality and bring all my knowledge and my experiences uh, back to Australia so then I can share it with my own club and everyone who's interested in dragon boating. Well, Luna, yeah, you've hit some really good points there and, and points that I had no idea about. So thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I hope uh, everyone who's listening if you ever get the chance to go to Toronto, um, please contact Water Vipers. They are such an amazing club, very accepting, and you'll have so much fun with the paddlers there. There you have it. That's Luna, our roving reporter for the day. Well, it's time for me to get back on the water. If you have any questions, feedback, or maybe a cool story idea you want me to follow up, get in contact by dropping me a message. I'd love to hear from you. See you soon.